1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. I'm sorry I missed you all last week, but I know Kevin did a kick-ass job hosting with one of my very good friends, Coco. How was that show last week, Kev? Uh, I missed you You
2: guys. know what? It, it was amazing. Hey Brandy, how are you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, That was such a good show, and I am so thankful that um, although we had technical difficulties, I don't know if you heard, but... Uh, Coco's uh, mic cut out with a minute left in the show, and I was so thankful that that happened with a minute left, not a minute into the show, because I would have been talking, filling time for a long time.
1: Yeah, but, I know she's no, your talking first right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's no trouble. But she, she was amazing. If For everybody listening, if you didn't hear it, you got to go back and... And like, I, I forgot to, like, interview her half the time because I was mesmerized by her story.
1: Yeah, she's a pretty phenomenal woman. She is, she's got a very bold story, and uh, she's got a even bolder personality. Yeah, she's oh a good, good chick.
2: You know what? I'll just say this before we get into our show today, but um, seeing her was, like, 90% of the entertainment, <laughs> like, watching her and her facial reactions and her expressions, I mean, and Um, she was hilarious, and that's probably why I was having trouble, because I was laughing half the time.
1: Well, that's a good way, I guess, that we can introduce our our guest on today's show. Uh, Curtis, while you're doing the show, if you could give us as many weird facial (laughs) introductions (laughs) as you can, that would be fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Curtis Potter to the show. He's a young entrepreneur who's got big dreams of helping youth, much like teen wealth. Welcome to the show, Curtis.
3: Hello, It's nice to be here. Thank you.
1: We're glad to have you. And where are you located? You're in Indiana, is that correct?
3: Yep. Brownsburg, Indiana. It's real close to Indianapolis.
1: Nice. Are so you a Colts fan?
3: Oh, yeah. I bleed blue. Oh,
1: nice.
3: <laughs> I have a tattoo on my foot to prove it. So. Oh.
1: Oh. <laughs> he's <laughs> diehard. Kevin's got a tattoo of his football team on his tuchus. So, yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's diehard, too. Right, Kev?
2: I was trying to think of which team would be funniest on the rear end, but I'm just going to leave that one alone. I
1: think the Cleveland Browns would probably be the best bet.
2: <laughs> I know there's all kinds of jokes.
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Um, okay, Curtis. I'm sorry for uh, football ends up in every single one of our shows for some reason. And it's a big part of our life, so I'm happy that you're a fan. Uh, can you just tell everyone a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're passionate about?
3: Well, um, I'm just. I consider myself a young entrepreneur. I had uh, some good role models. Both my grandfathers started their own businesses here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Kind of built a legacy, uh, gave me some inspiration to do it myself. Um, I had a little bit of a rough childhood, so I needed some mentoring through my young adulthood, and that got me through life in those hard times, and it really touched my life. So I just knew that that was something I wanted to do also, help help the youth get through the struggles.
1: Amazing. And you and I met probably just under two years ago at a big conference in Chicago at the Sage Summit. It was a pretty neat event. I know Ashton Kutcher, who's a business owner, but also a famous celebrity, uh, was speaking there and Richard Branson. It was a really neat event. And I was glad I ran into you because you've got some neat ideas. So I'm excited to share that with our uh, listeners today. So thank you for being on the show.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure. And I was glad I was able to run into you also so I could be here today.
1: Fantastic. That's awesome. Um, So let's just kind of go into the business side of things. I mean, I've titled this uh, episode of our show, kind of how to start a nonprofit and you and I have both started our own nonprofits. Kevin's been highly involved in teen wealth, but he also worked another nonprofit for 25 years working with youth across Canada, (laughs) even though Kev still looks like he's 17, he's a handsome young man. Um, he has been... <laughs> rounded that up
2: by about 10 or 15 years,
1: Brandy. <laughs> oh, sorry. A long time. We've been working with people for a long time. <laughs> oh, goodness. So we've all kind of had our struggles in starting our... Nonprofits and working with them. So, I, we're going to delve into that a little bit later because I know some of the youth in our program also want to start their own nonprofits or through their businesses want to give back to their community. So, we'll definitely touch on that for a majority of the show. So, any of you out there listening who either have a child that wants to start a business or a nonprofit or you're doing it yourself, um, this will be a great show for you to kind of learn some tips and tricks and maybe not make some of the mistakes that Curtis, myself, and Kevin have made over our time with our nonprofit. So, um, can you just tell us what your business background Background is and what you do for a living, quote unquote, before the nonprofit stuff.
3: Well, I learned how to do etching and engraving in high school, and I just found a niche for it. So I've been doing the etching and engraving. I've also served and bartended just to make ends meet while doing the non profit and building that program.
1: Absolutely. I think uh, that's, that's, that's myself included. I'm a bartender and server as well. And that's where I make my money to fund the nonprofit while we're getting our investors. It's funny. I remember Kevin's uh, also an actor. He's done a bit of acting in his lifetime in Hollywood. And, uh, I think there was something that the definition of an unemployed actor as a server or a definition of a server as an unemployed actor, I can't remember. But a lot of us find our money there because we make good money with tips and it's kind of a casual job you can go in and out of while you're trying to uh, fund your dream. So it's kind of cool. What have you learned through bartending and serving about people that's helped you with your business background?
3: Um, Well, I mean, actually, bartending and serving has helped me at ton from going, being able to talk with people. You know, I've always had that stage fright. And then also, I actually um, just kept working. I saw the money in uh, serving in bar- bartending, but I wanted to take it to a higher level. So I got on at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse here. It's the actually the largest in the world. And that gave me a lot of opportunities to talk to millionaires. And that was some of the first times where it kind of gave me the courage to be able to talk to them from day to day, to just look at them as normal people like you and I.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. I know one of my mentors. He's, I mean, he's friends with guys like Richard Branson, and and he teaches a whole course on how to walk up to someone who's very successful, a millionaire, a celebrity, and just have a conversation with them that leads to uh, a beneficial relationship for both of you at the end. So I think that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about etching? You started the etching. I know you delved into branding a little bit with that. Or you help businesses brand themselves. Can you just talk a little bit about? how you help businesses brand themselves with etching?
3: Yeah, and, um, to be honest, that really started at Roos Chris. I kind of took it to a high level really quick and people were just asking me how I did it, you know, like, like breaking time and, um, you know, winning different tournaments that they would have in competitions. And it just, um, I started teaching people and, you know, all will evaluate a situation, you know, you'll have your slow days where there's only a couple guests that would come in and then your busy days where you have, you know, you just got to go table to table to table. Well, I just transitioned that into my business. You know, what what do you do in those slow times to make up for it? Well, most times you just give better service. So anytime I have a uh, a lapse in time I'll just do a lot of research figure out what I'm doing wrong what I can do better look at people that are you know doing a great job of what I'm trying to do and try to mimic them in the w- ways that I like and add my own unique uh, version to it
1: absolutely yeah I was checking out your website and some of the etching that you've done that's pretty neat I've had etching done for people and presents and things like that uh, in the past. It's kind of cool. A lot of our students, when we teach the Team Wealth Entrepreneur Program, we talk about branding and, and what a brand actually is. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. But it's really interesting. Like, you look at the Nike Swish, and that's part of their brand. And it really has nothing to do with... Sports and shoes and all that. And it's very confusing to wrap your head around that in the McDonald's arches, but those are iconic things that we see. So if you can etch that into something that people see every day, that helps build the brand and people recognize that all the time. So that's kind of neat. I could do a whole session with you on YouTube or something about branding and, and etching to help the, build the brand. That's kind of neat. So, okay, now let's go to your nonprofit side. You started your nonprofit called Boundless Youth. How long ago?
3: Well, um, we just started the Boundless Youth probably about mid of last year, um, just getting out and getting involved. We didn't really get too aggressive with just, hey, coming out, help us do this Boundless Youth. We just wanted to really, you know, give our time for free, volunteering to show our youth that we were going to be involved and invested in them. You know, like you said earlier, the non-for-profit a lot of times it's not so we can make money and um, those kids really have to believe that for, to want you to be involved with them.
1: Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, we were joking just before the show. All three of us have worked in nonprofits for a little while. And we are joking about the huge amount of money to be made with nonprofits, and it it can be two or three hundred dollars <laughs> a year sometimes. And we're giggling, but that truly is realistic. I've spent more money building my nonprofit than oh, yeah. we'll probably get in donations in the next ten years. But it's because you're passionate about that. And I think that's part of what we're going to focus on today with this show. Is doing a nonprofit or any business because you really love it because if you don't love it you're going to give up when times are hard so it's it's good to be passionate about what you're doing. So Curtis why are you passionate about helping youth?
3: Um, to be honest it was just because I was a troubled kid and I needed that, that help. Um, you know my parents got divorced at a real young age so I didn't have a dad around and unfortunately some of the male role models that um uh, um, in quotations that I was supposed to have, were not trying to teach me the right things in life and we're definitely not making my life easier. Mm. So I just want to mm. be that presence for the youth, you know, teach them the mistakes not to make, help them get through the struggles, you know, just just help them in their mentality, that let them know that they can do anything they set their minds to.
1: Mm-hmm. So what self-esteem issues did you have when you were younger? What, what did you struggle with?
3: Um, it probably would be kind of some self-worth You know, um, I was always reaching out to try to grasp and and hang out with my father and he was busy. I mean, he raced and he was out of town a lot and he just um, was real hard to connect with. So I think that naturally just produced a little bit of that self-value image where, you know, you're you're capable of doing things. But then, you know, a lot of times you will just question yourself and trying to stay, you know, happy just because, you know, any kid wants to just talk to their parents about their great achievements or what they've done or, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I find it very interesting. A lot of people, because I'm a female, when I started my nonprofit, they said, oh, you help young women get self-esteem and you help young women start business opportunities. And I I said, no, I help both men and women. And I think they kind of stereotype a female entrepreneur or a female owner of a nonprofit that we're going to be helping females because females have been left behind, quote unquote. But I really think it's the other way around, to be honest. I think women are starting to come into power a lot now. And we're leaving some of our young Mm -hmm. men behind. And one of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen came out only a couple years ago. And in the documentary, I don't remember the whole thing, but they said that the most, um, what was it, the most harmful words we can say to a young man is, be a man. And it's because they're like not supposed to cry, not supposed to show emotion, not supposed to show this. So those that did have self-worth struggles when they were younger really struggle with overcoming those to become who they're really supposed to be. And so I think we need to focus just as much on building our young men up as our young women. We do have to go to commercial, but uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes with Curtis Potter. and We'll talk more about how to, uh, how to make a nonprofit and how to not make a nonprofit. See you all in a couple minutes. <laughs>
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at global That's Brandy with an I at global Now back to this week's show.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. I'm here with my co host Kevin Friesen and our lovely guest Curtis Potter. We're just talking about how to start a nonprofit and some of the ups and downs. And right before our break, uh, I kind of mentioned something about how, as a female entrepreneur who's helping young people, a lot of people assume that I'm helping young females, but I really think we need to help both our young men and our young women. And so I just kind of wanted to ask Kevin, my co host, what he thinks about that, if he thinks that. We should focus more on the females, or more on the males, or where his opinion is, and then I'll ask our guest Curtis, um, kind of what where his focus is too, if he focuses more on young men or more on young women, or where he thinks the world needs to change. So, Kev, can you tell me your opinion on on that subject?
2: Well, that's that's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a real blanket statement there, or question. Um, you know, I because I worked with the nonprofit for what did you say, fifty five years?
1: Twenty five, I think oh, it's twenty five.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, it wasn't that. It was about 15, but um you know, it it was all about letting every single person and team that I worked with know that they had value and that they they were valued and that they had gifts, talents and abilities. I never um I never looked at like, oh, you know, there's there's more boys or more girls or whatever, but um there were times where I was certainly drawn to individuals where I thought, you know, this person has something that really needs to be um, encouraged and and helped along. Um, but I, you know, I I think you made an awesome point about, um, you know, when we just tell our our boys to just be men and that kind of stuff. I don't I don't think there's. Um, you said something like that, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. The, worst, the worst thing you can say to a a young man is just be a man. I I think the problem is even like we're not being a good example of what what a a you know a proper or a proper I don't know if that's the right word but a you know a good role model of a of a male role model is anymore. And there's so much confusion and identity crisis and all this stuff and and um, you know the emotions and all that kind of stuff. Not not a bad thing at all. I think that's important to be in touch with that but yeah no I mean to answer your question I I think um, I love working with teenagers and with young adults and all that stuff and I just know that they have so much more worth and value and gifts and abilities than they understand and they're um, you know it's just exciting to be a part of helping them um, figure out what they're called to do and what kind of impact they can have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Curtis, what about you, love? Do you focus on young men or young women more? Or do you encompass both male and female in the program? And and where do you think the world needs to make a head start on changing uh, for helping our youth?
3: Well, uh, you know, I, I kind of agree with him where a lot of times it's the kid that will reach out to a certain person. So especially if I have a a big event going on where we have different volunteers, men and women, you know, you can see when kids tend to reach towards a certain adult or uh, just a someone in general, so I'll, I'll try to push them towards the kids to make it comfortable for the children where, um, you know, they'll be willing to open up. You know, it's real hard a lot of times to get the youth to open up, and um, just being on here today, that's what I want to mm-hmm. tell all of you, just don't be afraid to reach out to someone, and, um, you know, it'll really help you advance in life. hmm Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot A lot of people say, oh, we need to help young women get their self-esteem up and because it's all these body image things from all these models and skinny women and that's a big thing is be skinny or have a big booty because of the Kim Kardashian era and all that. And and what I always, my rebuttal to that is, yes, we do need to have our young females believe that whatever body type they have is beautiful because they're unique and special. But I also think that we need to teach our young men about to love their bodies because they're seeing, if you look at Batman and Robin, the original Batman and Robin, like Adam West and Burt Ward yeah. from 50 years ago, they are so skinny. They're, they're, there's no muscles. But you look at the Christian Bale Batman or the Ben Affleck Batman, the guy's got a 27-pack. He doesn't just have a six-pack. He's so muscular, it's frightening. And no man can achieve that unless you're a professional bodybuilder. And I think we're shoving these masculine images at our young men So much as well. So I think we need to focus both on young men and young women at the same time. So sorry, that was off on a little bit of a tangent from what we're talking about today. But I'm really, really passionate about this because I think we just need to bolster self-esteem for both of our uh, young men and women. You know,
3: um, just to to touch on that a little bit, you know, I have noticed the difference in celebrities nowadays, though. Like if you really, um, for instance, I just watched the Jumanji, um, the new one. And there was some actors in there that, you know, they were just average people that it kind of did you know i'm glad that it's going to where you don't just have to be some uh, beautiful person to the vision of the world but you just have to you know be passionate about it i'm sure those actors that got in were passionate about it and that's exactly how they landed that career
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely well kevin you played a, a role in a uh, hollywood film but uh you, you they didn't really see your body did they
2: <laughs> I had some massive body issues in that film <laughs> i uh, I produced a feature film I think it was about two years ago now uh, and hopefully it will you will see it soon but um it was it was all about Bigfoot too and um, we had an amazing cast and crew on there and I ended up having to play the Bigfoot because we were on set in the middle of New Mexico and um, we had a bunch of people from Breaking Bad, and it was just a real exciting opportunity. And um, something happened where the guy playing the Bigfoot, I, I can't remember if he injured himself or he couldn't be there or whatever. And and so I had to step in, literally, into the Bigfoot character, and uh, that was a hot mess. <laughs> and I've got pictures of that. Um, that was a crazy, crazy thing. But yes, some, I hope you like hairy men.
1: I was going to say, your body image issue at that point was
2: coverage
1: of hair, body hair. I was
2: shot. Yeah. But you know what? Can I just, Brandy, I just wanted to make a point to what Curtis said there. Um, And I I love the fact that you said different different kids, different teens will gravitate towards different people. And a lot of times they feel like a project because so many... um, I, I want to be careful how I say this, but a lot of youth workers, uh, you know, it can be out of that um, obligation or an, an obligatory thing where they, they're trying to help kids because this is their job. Whereas, you know, with Brandy and you and, and so many of our guests that we've talked to, you can see that it's a passion and it's a lifestyle. And, um, but that doesn't mean we can help every kid we come in contact with. Um, there's loads of kids that I was desperate to try and help. And there wasn't that, uh, connection or something, but people I was working with were able to reach that, that kid, uh, or that teen. And I, I think that's such a great point because we can't be everything to everybody. Um, we can be there and we can be available. Um, but sometimes, you know, that it's just not the right fit and, um, someone might not feel comfortable and they'll want to reach out to somebody else. But the important thing is, and, and like you said, Curtis, for anybody listening, if you're out there and you're struggling with something or you're feeling like, uh, whatever, I, I just don't feel good or I anything, you know, reach out to somebody that you feel comfortable with because anybody who is a youth worker or has a passion for this, um, the last thing they're going to do is judge you mm-hmm. or, or anything like that or put you down or, or make fun of you or make you feel less than than how special you are. So just reach out um, because they're going to want to help you and do whatever they can just to be there. And even if it's just listening. So thanks, Curtis. I didn't want to ramble on about that, but that was a great
3: point. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Curtis, you'll notice with Kevin and I, we're both so passionate, but we could literally fill the entire hour, just the two of us talking back and forth about all these things (laughs) that we really feel like we need young people. I wish I could literally stop every person between the ages of 12 (laughs) and 19 in their tracks and force them to listen to the show for an hour every week because we literally, Mm. we talk about things and we just need them to know that they are amazing and incredible. And no matter if their parents or their teachers or their friends or their bullies tell them that they're not worth anything, that they're worth so much. Like we were picked on a lot in high school. We went through a lot of stuff Mm. with our own families and with kids in the school and our own body image issues. And We have gone on to do so many incredible things in life. It's out of this world. Like people that I looked at in my high school that were so popular and so much better than me, what I thought was so much better than me, Mm. are now people that are really struggling because I didn't see what they were going through. Like there was a girl that was so beautiful and so popular in my high school and I wanted to be her friend so bad that I invited her to hang out with me all the time. And she started hanging out with me all the time. She was the most popular girl in the high school. She was stunningly gorgeous. And she would come to my house all the time and hang out. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm hanging out with the most popular girl in school. And then over time, I started realizing that she never went home. Never left my house, never wanted to go home, always wanted to sleep over, always ate a tum when she was at my house, and then I started noticing as she started, like, sleeping over that she had bruises all over, and that's when she started confiding me that her parents beat her and didn't feed her, and I was like, God, my, my views were so skewed. I thought that she was a bully because she was popular and she was better, and I wanted to be her friend because of that, but I realized that she was... Hiding some of her feelings and some of these horrible emotions that she was going with. And the fact that she was skinny and what I thought was beautiful was skinny at the time is because she was malnourished, and not eating properly, and depressed all the time. So I think people in high school need to listen to this and realize that mm-hmm. the person that's picking on them might be the one that's having or being the picked most
2: on. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? And it's just, I wish I could smack that into every young person. <laughs> and
2: Brandy and we've we've talked about that, haven't we, many times? Like the the the, the biggest bullies are, are almost always the ones with the biggest insecurities, the biggest fears, the biggest hurts, the biggest the biggest obstacles. And and just to what you said earlier, like you said, you know, we've gone through all this self-esteem, these self-esteem issues and, and all this stuff growing up. And I mean I was the dorky one in school. I was always the one feeling like I, I don't have any friends or, or, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think if I asked you the same question, Curtis, maybe maybe you too, but if we could go back and think about the time like in junior high or high school and just look around the classroom and go, okay, who's the person here least likely to do anything that will impact the world? Uh, it, me, hand up. That That would be me, right? I don't know if you guys would say the same thing, but I never thought – I was worth very much at all, mm. or I had anything to give, and and now we're the ones kind of doing the exciting stuff.
3: Yeah, you know it's crazy how uh, life, especially young, can impact what you're going to do as an adult. I uh, I've always had stage fright, but just because of my rough childhood and needing that motivation, it's pushed me to be a one uh, motivational speaker. And if you actually talk to or um, hear some of the stories of a lot of our. Per- Professional athletes and um, what you would consider famous, or you know, successful people—they all have a story of something that was really hard, their childhood, or something major that they went through to push them. And that's why I always tell the kids, especially—you know—you can do two things in a situation: you can let it push you backwards, or you can let it push you forwards. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of those successful people—they just let it push them forward.
1: For sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we come back from the next break, we'll talk uh, about Boundless Motivation and Boundless Youth and and where you um, want your program to help young people in this situation. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes, everyone.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? all you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN that's 1-855-866-8336 globalteenwealth.org we're here to get you started on your future
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at Global That's Brandy with an I at Global Now, back to this week's show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm here with my co-host Kevin Friesen and our lovely guest Curtis Potter. We're just talking about the nonprofit that he's passionate about and founded just over a year and a half ago called Boundless Youth. We've talked a little bit about our own self-esteem issues and what we struggle with, and now we're going to focus more on the nonprofit side, because I know a lot of you listeners out there want to start your own nonprofit or want to get into business and want to know kind of the ups and downs, of some of the struggles that we've had starting our own. Can you just tell us a little bit about Boundless Youth and what it actually looks like? What type of programming you you envision uh, Boundless Youth having in order to help lots of teens?
3: Yeah, um, you know, we really just try to focus on uh, getting their body, mind, and souls right. So it's uh, focused around, you know, anywhere from healthy eating, the physical activities, getting your mind right, just, you know, taking classes and, and just researching different things that can push your mind to the next level, getting past anything that's different feeding you, um, teaching you how to be a leader and just a young entrepreneur. We're throwing some business classes. You know, some people are fit where they want to go to college. Some people just want to run a business. You know, it's just kind of taking your mentality and seeing where you can go with it.
1: Absolutely. And do you you have a specific age range that you work with? Or is there a youngest or an oldest that you cap it off? No,
3: there's not. You know, um, sometimes you kind of get in that mentality of uh can't teach an old dog new tricks so we we didn't want to really cut off the age of of the youth but at the same time you know once someone gets into their you know 18 to 21 ranges they're going to go off and do a lot of what they want to do regardless so we spend a lot more time time with the youth um you know maybe six to eight year olds up to 18 to 20, um, you know, where they can comprehend what you're trying to teach them, um, value it, and then take something and do something with that and uh, just prevent them from getting into those struggles you can as a young adult.
1: Absolutely. And what is your, so in 10 years from now, what do you want Boundless Youth to look like? Do you want it to be an online program, a program in high schools? Do you want to open your own center? What, what Where do you envision it going?
3: Well, um, currently, that's what we're doing all our fundraising for is to build a center. Um, You know, it'd be a lot easier to bring kids in. So kind of what we envision is maybe the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club, the Big Brother program, and an entrepreneur program all in one. So it'd be a big building where they can go in there and work out and then go to some classes to learn whatever they want to learn and just push them, you know, to get their body, minds, and souls on the right, right path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I was looking over your website a little bit and I saw that you had four key motivators in your life. Um, and can I can I talk a little bit about those and how they help you with your body, mind and soul? And then I can kind of get a frame of reference for what you, what you mean by body, mind and soul. I know you mentioned that your motivators were traveling, networking, Christ and love. Can you expand on those a little bit and talk about why they're your motivators?
3: Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, my my love is, um, of course, to God, because whenever I was struggling, he was getting me through a lot of this. Um, now, on the on the body side of it, I watched a lot of the males in my family just struggle uh, with heart problems. And it was because they were tearing up their body, you know, whether smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, not working out, maybe it's eating fat food every meal of the day. Um, you know, I just really saw different things that would prevent them from advancing in life so when I was thinking about the whole body mind and soul I just wanted any obstacle you're gonna have let's fix it let's let's overcome it let's find out how to get from where you're at to pass that wall to where you want to be
1: for sure and you talked about travel and networking as well why are you passionate about those things why do they fuel you
3: um, well, the traveling, I uh, I live in Indiana where it's cold a lot, <laughs> it rains a lot, so a lot of my traveling, I would like to go to the ocean, anywhere where you're around the beach. Um, you know, it just puts, uh, you know, just gets you in a happy place. A lot of people say they want, they need more of that vitamin C, um, so that's why I started to want to travel. You know, there's so many places in the world that are just beautiful And if you stay in your state your whole life, you don't, you know, you don't take that risk of moving and and seeing some things, you're really going to miss out on some great opportunities like the networking. You know, it was really when I started to travel, I started to network a lot more because you would just see how unique people are from state to state and different countries and the struggles they go through versus what we go through. And it really will uh, broaden your whole mentality and view on life.
1: Mm. I really like talking about networking a lot because I think a lot of people are timid to network. I even find myself when I'm in a big event with hundreds of people, I really don't like going up to random groups of people who are having a conversation and just sticking my hand out, making eye contact and saying, hey, my name's Brandy, hear about me for a second. Do you have any um, hesitations when it comes to networking and how have you overcome that and why do you think networking is important?
3: Well, um, that's actually going up and talking to people is one thing I have never had a problem with because when I was a young kid, I was always told the only dumb question is a question not asked. So even if it came to um, when I was little, I would go up and talk to girls, even though I, I was scared to death because... At worst, they'd say no, and then I would just focus on a girl that maybe wanted to give him some attention. So you know, even with networking, you got to do the same thing. You can, you know, just go and ask those questions because, especially in networking, what I found is most of those people out there they want to help you. They want to tell you how they did it and give you, you know, make it easier on you.
1: Yeah, for sure. What about you, Kev?
3: Yeah. Oh well,
2: I was just going to say when I was um, I had a TV interview. This is a number of years ago. Um. And uh, the interviewer asked me, um, he's asking me about acting and all that kind of stuff, and I said, well, you know, like the the whole <laughs> career of acting is centered around rejection. And he said, oh, well, how did you how did you kind of prepare for that? I said, oh, I just asked out a lot of girls growing up, <laughs> and he didn't know how to take that. But hmm. that's true. But you know, Curtis, you're right. Like just. You don't know how to respond to that, do you, Randy?
1: No, I love it. Love it. It's great.
2: It's not often I catch you speechless. I I enjoy those moments. Um, <laughs> but no, Curtis, you're right. It's just it's a matter of going up, and and the worst thing that someone can do is just say not interested, and then you go, well, that's you didn't even give me a chance. You don't even know who you're rejecting. You're just you, you're it's a judgment, and you're done with me, and. Uh, if that's who you are then you're probably doing me a favor so I'll move on. You know? You just you can't let it affect your self esteem because they're not rejecting who you are. They don't know who you are, right? So I don't know, was that kind of your question, Brandy?
1: And it's totally. It's per. I mean, it's perfect because yeah. um, a lot of people like when you go up to someone that you want to network with, they probably have hundreds of other people that are oh, sure. wanting to network with them as well. So a lot of the time, it's not you. It's just like, hey, I'm kind of tired. Just leave me alone. I want to be. It's like celebrities, right? Leave me alone, paparazzi. It's the same kind yes. of, same kind of idea. But you, I mean. I went up to um, a very, 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 very famous person who everyone all over the world knows one time, and I gave him a line he, I guess he had never heard before, and everyone in the, all my friends that I had been with, they were like, no, you can't go talk to him, you don't know who this is, and I was like, yes, I do, and they're like, oh, but you're just a normal person, and I was like, yeah, so is he, he just happens to have an extraordinary career, and I went up and said this thing to this guy, and he ended up flying me to Los Angeles to attend a conference that I would never have been able to afford. And it happened to be my birthday on the second day at conference. And the entire, he got, he called me up in front of 700 people and sang happy birthday to me with his crowd. I, if I had never taken that opportunity... That I was honestly scared shitless to take. I would have never gotten this incredible experience, an amazing life story, in a moment that I will never forget. So I maybe had a hundred of those people reject me, but that one that said yes changed my life forever. So I always say, even if you're afraid of networking, just just do it. But come yeah. up with something that's not that's serving the person that you're talking to, not just hey, can I get your? Can yeah. you help me with this? Because they get that a million times a day. It, you offer value to them, and they want to have a conversation with you. And that's what happened to me. So.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, Brady, you know what would be a great show is if we just took one show and talked about those opportunities where we stepped out of our comfort zone and the things that, because I know you've got a million of those stories and the most exciting things that have happened to me um, and that people would never believe. And the most famous people in the world, some of those stories too, where we've interacted with because we just went, you know what, um, what do I? What have I got to lose? And yeah. And it's not about hey I want to I want to talk to you because I want to acknowledge how great you are I, I recognize you as a person and your value and I, I see that in me as well and maybe there's a connection there yeah and it's just sure. just treating them like normal people
1: sure absolutely yeah I think networking is a huge part to starting any business uh, or a or nonprofit um, we got about two minutes before we go to the next commercial break but I just want to ask you Curtis about Starting a nonprofit, would you say it's easy, hard, medium? What would you say?
3: Well, you know, um, it's not going to be easy, but I tell everyone if it's easy, it's not worth it. And if it's worth it, it's not easy. And if you truly love something, it's not going to be a job. It's going to be a hobby you're going to get paid for. So when you really are passionate about something, that's what's going to drive you every single time. So just, just go after whatever you're passionate about.
1: Absolutely. Um, My biggest struggle with my nonprofit is asking people for money to help me build it because I have this weird thing in my head that money devalues something and because I'm passionate about helping kids if I ask for money about it it devalues what I'm trying to do for children but all my board members who have a lot more money and success than me tell me that I'm crazy because a a nonprofit sinks you can't help kids if you don't have any money like you can help one person with a dollar you can help a million people with a million dollars so it does make sense do you have struggles with that?
3: Yeah, that's uh, it's hard. You know, it's even the struggle that I'm going through now is just getting, uh, being in the right position to ask the right people. You know, it's it's a struggle, but as you go on, you just kind of learn the tricks and traits to kind of advance in that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Do you have a, a board of people that are working with you to do fundraising, or have you hired a fundraising company, or do you have any suggestions on that? Or are you still kind of figuring your way around this this part of the nonprofit stuff?
3: I'm still in. I'm still in that uh, first stage of trying to figure this all out. Uh, You know, we're trying to utilize the money um, the best way we can. Uh, One thing that's helped is we found we've been doing a lot of events in our uh, local library because they have rooms you can get for for free. So sometimes it's just finding those shortcuts where you can get a a lot further along with the little you have and then uh, reaching out and trying to just ask for help.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the fundraising part is definitely tough. Kev, when you were working with that nonprofit, where did you guys get most of your funding from? Do you know?
2: Um, yeah, we did we did a lot of um, fundraisers. Uh, we had a lot of um, donors as well. Um, ours was incidentally, Curtis. Ours was a, a Christian organization, um, and we were working with a lot of street kids, um, kids at risk, and we did a lot of. Programs across the country in high schools about self-esteem and and uh, motivational speaking and all that, but it was um, it was hard going sometimes, you know. At, at times, I mean, and and there were so many things that we wanted to do, so many. Um, we had such a huge vision, and um, and that takes money. And you're right, it, it that's the hardest thing to uh, to reach out and and humbly ask for support. Because that's the one thing that, but you know what we realized if I know we're going to break here in a sec. Um, the one thing I realized is that um, what we were doing, what we were, uh, the people that we were trying to reach, that was our calling and, and what we were passionate about. And there were people that are very gifted at business and earning huge income and that kind of thing. And they don't have the time to do what we were doing. So it was a great partnership and they felt that just as much as we did. They were just as excited about partnering with us to, to allow us, they would give us the money and say, now you go do what I, don't, what I can't do, what I don't have the time to do. So mm-hmm. it, it became like we don't have to feel guilty about asking or, or reaching out to these people because it was a great, um, you know, synergy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So, and, and I was just going to say one other thing that, the The easiest thing about starting a nonprofit, you don't need any, is <laughs> <money.
1: laughs> you don't need any money. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need any money. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh my goodness! All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you want to check out Curtis's website, you can check out the boundlessbusiness.com. dot uh, com. You can find him on Twitter at Boundless underscore Youth um, and. If you're following this on iTunes or anything, just look in the bio and he's got all of his different uh, links in there. We're just going to go to commercial and we'll be back in a couple minutes to wrap up our show with Curtis Potter.
4: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey
0: you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are tuned in to Team Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at global That's Brandy with an I at global Now, back to this week's show.
1: Everybody, welcome back. We got about five minutes left before the end of the show, and uh, if you just tuned in now, we've been talking to Curtis Potter about what it's like to start a nonprofit, why we're passionate about nonprofits, and uh, how hard it can be, but how rewarding it can be at the same time. And I just wanted to point out before we finish the show something on uh, Curtis's website. Uh, his website is theboundlessbusiness.com, and it talks a little bit about his business and his history and his uh, nonprofit as well, um, which is called Boundless Youth. But he's got a neat page on here that's uh, under his portfolio if you check it out. And he's got old thinking versus new thinking about businesses. And I just, I don't want to talk about the old thinking. I just want to talk about the new thinking because he's got a list of things that we now value as business that we weren't valuing before. And I think for all you young entrepreneurs out there, it's very important to see this list. So uh, I know we don't have a ton of time, but if you go to the and look on his portfolio page, you'll see the chart of old thinking versus new thinking. And we're all trying to focus on the new thinking and the things that are on this list. One of the biggest things on there is open communication, and that's something I really think is important within any company, whether it's a company of four or a company of 4,000. Curtis, can you tell me a little bit about open communication and and why you think that's important uh, with business and with your nonprofit?
3: Well, um, I'll tell you actually where I learned my communication was uh, James 119 in the Bible, be quick to listen, slow to Anger and slow to speak, you know, just um, you usually you'll learn more if you listen, Uh, just being clear. Think about what you're going to say if you can. You know, sometimes it's just easy for us to spout off or get frustrated, Um, you know, but like and you were saying earlier with the actors and your friend that you had in high school, you know, you really didn't know where she was coming from until you took the time to just slow down and pay attention. And, you know, everybody has a backstory, you know, you you don't know what someone's going through. So just slow down, communicate, and it really will help you advance in life.
1: For sure. And that's so important in business. I mean, it used to be where you would have your life was at home with your family. You'd go to work for eight hours, put in your hard labor and go home. But businesses are changing now. It's more about how we communicate and about the person instead of the product. And, And I really love there was this huge study that was done in New York because there was a lot of suicides that were happening in these huge companies and very high stressful. And there were all these businessmen that were literally jumping off the building that they worked at because they were so unhappy because nobody ever took the time to say, Hey, what's going on at home when they were having a bad day? So they started doing this really neat, Project where they would take all their employees and put them in groups of 10. And then they would get those employees in the groups of 10 to say one thing that they were struggling with that week or that day or that month or that year. And they would share that and it had to be a very close circle. And those 10 people would always get together each week or each month and share one thing. And nobody would ever say, oh, you should do this or oh, you should do that. Nobody would ever give advice. They would just listen. And just the fact that they said what was on their chest and had other people around them say what was on their chest to was the suicide rate went from like 90 people a year in each business to like three because we all just need to communicate more. So I think it's really important that whether you're owning a business or a nonprofit or you're just in your high school or your group of friends that you communicate with each other because if we knew each other's secrets, I think we would be a little bit more comfortable because we all know that we're all struggling in some way and that it's okay that we're going to move on past that. So I really love that you have that. That chart on your website. There's so many great things on it. You also uh, have written there: employees are a biggest asset, behavior over skill. I think that's very huge these days. A lot of people, ten, twenty, thirty years ago, you used to have have to have four college degrees to get a great job. Nowadays, it's all about personality and how you walk in the room and make eye contact and shake someone's hand. I, at 21, had a job paying. a year because I walked up to someone and said hey I'm going to be the best damn employee you ever have give me a shot and if you don't like me kick me out and I didn't have the four year degree that he needed to fill the position but he gave it to me because I just walked in there so I love this list so for anyone out there listening I wish we could talk about the list for another hour because it's great just go to Curtis's website theboundlessbusiness.com check out the portfolio page check out his nonprofit and his business because it's fantastic and Curtis could you give everyone your social media links so that they can uh, follow you and uh, hopefully link up with you if you're in the Indiana area for your program?
3: Yeah. Um, I have a YouTube channel that is Curtis Potter Jr., Curtis with a K. Um, I do a lot of my motivational speaking on there. You you can follow us on uh, Boundless Youth on Facebook and Indie Boundless Youth on Instagram. That's I-N-D-Y Boundless Youth and uh, Boundless underscore
1: Youth on Twitter. Fantastic. I love that. Uh, Kev, do you have any last-minute questions for Curtis before we wrap up the show, love?
2: Oh, man. Yeah, a million questions. Um, Curtis, thanks so much for being with us tonight. Um, That that was awesome. And I love what you said about listening. And uh, it just reminded me of a great phrase that someone told me once. They said, nothing I ever say today will teach me anything. The only knowledge I'm going to gain is from listening to other people. So, Yeah, um, so yeah, I love that. Love it. It's great, yeah. Um, we're going to have to have Curtis back, though, because, man. I, I guess my last question for you, Curtis, is, um, you know, we, with all the youth listening to this program, and, and you've worked with so many uh, different teens and, and their struggles and all that, what would you say, um, just to really encourage our, our teen listeners now as, as they're getting ready to to do all that they're, they're wanting to do.
3: Well, I would tell you this. You're always one decision away from a completely different life. Mm. Just find what you're passionate about, make a decision, and go all in. Because I promise you, when you truly go all in, you, you won't be let down.
1: Oh, I love it. Is a great amazing. The <laughs> <It's> fantastic. <laughs> I'm definitely following you on Twitter now and I'm going to check out your YouTube channel. Uh, I hope everyone's learned a lot from this show. Please go check out his website. Um, follow him on YouTube. And Curtis, thank you so much for joining us. And I appreciate everything you're doing for youth. And if there's any way we can help you in the future, just reach out to us for all the listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Invite your friends because we hope uh, we're inspiring you a little bit each week. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye, Kev. Love you.
2: Yeah. Have a great week, everyone.